What's happening? What's happening? Happy to be here. Another day, man. Absolutely. Another day above ground is a blessing. Okay? Yes, As an old absolutely. wise man named Lil Duval and Snoop Dogg said, if you're breathing, you're achieving. And tonight is versus, right? Snoop Dogg That's versus right. DMX. Snoop Dogg versus DMX. I'm Can't here wait for that. that. Tonight, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a great battle. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, those, both those guys are legends and icons. So I think it's going to be nothing it's but showing be- each other respect. Yeah, it's going to be highly entertaining. Uh, two of the best characters ever in hip-hop. Um, two two very contrasted characters, too, right? DMX, high energy, loud. Uh, Snoop Dogg, laid back, you know, cool, calm, collected. But uh, Snoop Dogg should win that one easily. Uh, I love DMX. Um, but, yeah, Snoop Dogg should win that one easily. Snoop Dogg got too many nuclear bombs, man. Nuclear weapons. Weapons of mass destruction, like, it's, it's kind of not even fair, musically, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be a great battle. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to see and hear these uh, brothers' music. I've been listening to them for so long, and they're both legends. And, uh, you know, both Snoop Dogg and, and DMX have, have helped me a lot in this industry. So these are the things that I just I, I love to see, and I can't wait to see tonight at 8. Right, you can watch it on Instagram and on Apple Music. So Mm -hmm. that's tonight. Uh, I'm tired today. Yesterday I had to do the Motown Countdown, and this was celebrating Andre Harrell and Uptown Records and the top five songs, which is a hard thing to do. So, uh, yeah, it was an hour long. Yesterday, usually it's half an hour, but last night we had to go for an hour. Uptown's top five records? Yep. What was number one? That's a hard one. That's a hard one to do. Well, from the list, because they give us mm-hmm. eight to choose from, uh, I picked Mary J. Blige's Real Love. Number one uptown record. That's not, I mean, that's not a bad one. You, that's, that's a very debatable one. Not bad at all, though. They're all debatable, though. And, you know, they yeah, gave us a debatable. list of... They gave us a list of eight to choose from. So I think, um, you know, it makes it a little difficult. Number two, I had um, Forever My Lady from Jodeci. Not a, not a bad one at all. Yeah, so uh, Albie Shore time. was on. Overcome and talk to me? Well, that wasn't on the list to choose from. They okay. gave us eight to choose from, but yes. And what? you know, Albie Shore said he wrote both He wrote both Come and Talk to Me and Forever My Lady. Mm-hmm. What about Guy I Like? Was Guy I Like on there? I had that at number three. Okay, okay. What's four and five? It was Albie Shore, Night and Day, and it was Heavy D and the Boys. Um, 
Well, I'm so out of it. I can't even remember the song. Heavy D and the Boys. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? What's the biggest Heavy D and the Boys song? Mm. Is it good to you? Is it good to you? Um, no, that wasn't it. Overweight lover. I don't know what's what. Uh, um, I'm drawing a blank too on. Is it good to you? Nothing but love. Now that we found love. Now that we found love. Now that we found love. I mean, listen, that's a good top five. Sorry, kids. This is Uncle and Auntie talk this morning. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And then we had good morning. You know, though. So for real, could have made the list with Candy Rain. So, that was a big song. Yeah, that yeah, wasn't that the was Andre Harrell era though. That was Christopher Williams, I'm Dreaming. Yeah, yeah. Or Night and okay. Day. Either one of those could have made it. Well, I'll be sure it's Night and Day. Yeah. All I don't right. remember. No. I'll be sure. Yeah, I'll be sure it was Night and Day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, Ice, I'm Dreaming. Ice Cube will be joining us this morning. We'll kick it with Ice Cube. Can I do it? OG Cube. Yay. I knew you had to do it. Oh, yay, God. yay. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Ice Cube will be joining us. We'll kick it with Ice Cube. And we got front page news next, huh? Make sure you play a little baby record after this to balance all this old talk. All right. <laughs> all right, the, the baby, all right, the baby and Roddy Rich, the baby or Roddy Rich. Okay, balance this out. We got you. Jesus That's what we'll play. I'm sure we'll play that drama. Is that what we're playing? We got a uh, future and Drake. That'll work. That's pretty close. That's pretty close. <laughs> all right. Front page news. What are we talking about? Well, let's talk about the NFL. And 59 players have tested positive for coronavirus. We'll tell you what they're planning to do if the tests climb above a certain percentage. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, 59 players in the NFL have tested positive for coronavirus. Initially, they said that 95 players had tested positive, but that number actually was amended because that included all known positives across the league, so not necessarily the results. So what they are saying is that they're agreeing to coronavirus testing protocols before training uh, camp starts. And they said they'll be tested daily for the first two weeks of camp. If that positive test rate falls below 5% after the two weeks, then they'll transition to testing players every other day. And if it does not dip below 5%, then daily testing will continue until it reaches that mark. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to keep the spread down in the NFL simply because they're not contained, right? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming... That no, I don't everybody's think they are playing contained. in their own individual arenas, and they're gonna be traveling. It's not like Go back and forth at home. Each yep. other in a bubble, like the like the uh, the NBA. NBA. Is. So I don't know how mm-hmm. they're gonna do that. I don't know how that's. Now, with the NBA yesterday, they showed the Black Lives Matter paint job on the bubble court. So you can see that's going to be there. And uh, they decided to display that message at all three arenas that are used inside the bubble, even though there won't be any audience members, any fans, uh, players can still watch games so they can be in there. And they're going to have the Michael Jordan Jetman logo on some NBA uniforms next season as well. So all 30 NBA Statement Edition uniforms will now feature that Jetman logo starting with the 2020 uh, to 2021 season. That's why the NBA is important, too, because, you know, everybody was trying to say the NBA was going to be a distraction, which I never thought, simply because mm-hmm. I knew those brothers could use that platform to continue to shed light on what's going on out here in these streets. And if you haven't noticed, the media has moved away from the protest. You know, because people are still out here in these streets protesting, but the media mm-hmm. is not really, really talking about it at all. So, you know, you see what Tobias Harris and, you know, C.J. McCollum did yesterday. It's going to be a lot more of that in the NBA all season. So they will be bringing awareness to what's happening in these streets. All right. Well, later on, we'll get into some more. We'll talk about Donald Trump because, you know, they resumed those coronavirus uh, press briefings. And so we'll tell you what he had to say in the next hour.
He's only doing that because he can't hold rallies right now. That's all. So trust me, he's using those press conferences as his way of uh, addressing the nation every day because he can't do those those uh, those rallies at the moment. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that is your front page news. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad day yesterday or maybe you feel blessed. Whatever it may be, 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, good morning. This is the boy Norm out of Pittsburgh. Good morning, Charlotte, man. Uh, Peace, King. Uh, Angela, again, she there. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I just want to, yo, my dad just came home after going 30 years. Wow. So I'm happy about that. I just bought my woman her engagement ring the day before yesterday. Her birthday's next month. So I'm going to pop the question on her birthday, give her her championship ring. Uh, Angela, guess what today is? What guess day what is day it? Is. Guess, guess <laughs> what day it is? Tell her sister she's beautiful day. You're beautiful, mama. Oh, you know thank I mean? you. I appreciate that. that. Uh, you already cheating. You already cheating. You already cheating. Be- you just said you want to get married too. and give your girl a championship is. ring, and you're already trying to play for another team. Look at you. No, no, no. I always recognize other talent, though. Never, never play for them. But wow. I just nope. Nope. Wow. nope. 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 Guys, crazy. And it's dope. Hey, hey, yo, Charlamagne. Did you know Envy is willing to bang out for a seven thousand dollar bag? Yep. What? I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to it. I listen to their podcast. A very, very great podcast with him and his wife. Just me and my woman you, talking about a lot of things. But yeah, you mean, when, when you say bang out, what you mean? With envy. You mean uh, banging like ride, like riding for a long time with yeah, gel on his butt? Yeah, yep, yep, with true, that gel true, on his butt, true. yo. That gel on got his you. butt. He got a 16 wow. speed. <laughs> 21 speed. Listen, man, I love y'all, man. Y'all great, man. Definitely, man. I he love y'all, and I'm going to continue speed. to listen to y'all, man. <laughs> okay. Shift those little beige gears, Envy. Little well, thank you for listening to the podcast. You. That's <laughs> crazy. Hello, who's this? Good morning, Breakfast Club. This is LaShawn, and I just want to send a congratulations out to myself. I graduated with my MSW from Yeshiva University, from the Bronx, and I just want to say I'm blessed and highly favored. Blessed Yay, black and highly favored. Congratulations, Mama. That's so dope. We need work. We need your work out here. Well, thank you, Sue. Congratulations, and thank you for calling, Mama. Thank you, Envy. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Hello, who's this? This is Shonda. Hey, Shonda. Get it off your chest, my Morning, Shonda. Hello. I just want to say hello to everybody. I love you guys. I listen to you guys every single day. And I want to shout out my birthday. My birthday is August 3rd. I am a Leo. Okay. And I like Leos. I also want to shout out my company, AllurePlanningServices.com. I know the everything is jacked up from the pandemic. I'm a wedding planner. Mm-hmm. I do events. I bedazzle converse. And I'm an efficient. So you guys go check out my website, okay? AllurePlanningServices.com. And my okay. Instagram, Allure Planning Services. All right. That's right. Get up. You better get up yes, here and ma'am. promote. All righty, mama. I'm telling you. 
<laughs> Hello, who's this? Hi, it's Kaden. Hey, Kaden. Good morning. Get it off your chest. Um, I have a medical service dog, and it seems like I cannot go anywhere or do anything without being stared at. Like, I get parents telling their kids to actually, like, try and look at them, and um, it just gets highly annoying, and you would think more people would know, you know, not to distract the service dog, but nonstop, people try to call them, distract them. I'll be walking and people will be trying to get him to sit or lay down to see if he actually listens. And it's just highly annoying. It sounds to me like you need a more focused service dog. Your service dog is easily distracted. Might need to get you a new feed, no, a new canine. No, he focuses. Like, he stays, okay. like, focused on me, but it's just the people. Like, now, I get I, people running up on him all the time, trying to pet him. And now, I didn't hear you. Are you did you say you were blind? No, he um, is a migraine and seizure alert and response. Gotcha. So he will tell get me before I have one. Gotcha. You should get a sign for your dog that says, I am working. You need to tell these people when they're trying to pet their dog, this is not for recreation. This dog is on the clock. Yeah, they, okay. they have those signs. Please don't touch it's it's working dog. That's definitely what you should get. Yeah, I have some. Um, he has two patches on his vest that says, do not pet. One of them that says, please ignore me, I'm working. Um, and another one that says, I'm not here for your entertainment. I'm here to do my job. That's right. Yeah. Simple as that. Absolutely. Don't know how to read. Uh, get it off your chest. You know, yesterday, you know, I do my bike rides. I was doing, we did our bike ride yesterday. Uh, it was four of us, five of us, brothers riding bikes. We did like 26 miles in the heat. And all, we asked the man. All men? To, all men? Yes, all men. Would okay, you like to come to the next guys. one? Would you like to ride with us the next five, one? Five guys riding in the heat. I like it. Let's go, Envy. But, would you like tell to go to the one the next one with us? Tell us, tell us more. We have a spot open. But anyway, as we finish the 26-mile ride, there was a, 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 you know, a guy walking with a dog, and it was like, hey, can, we take a, can you take a picture? Because we just finished this. And the guy was blind, and I didn't realize he was blind. And there was, like she said, there was people petting the dog, and he was trying to maneuver where to go because he, he didn't, you know, necessarily couldn't figure it out, and people were bothering his dog and it was getting his dog on track. So that's why I asked if, if, he, if she was blind because I noticed that yesterday with the blind man. And then when I realized he was blind, I said, no, my bad, bro. I get somebody else to take the picture. And he thought that he... We wanted a picture with him, so he actually jumped in our picture, which is pretty cool. So is that, is, is that why you posted cool. a, a is that why you posted a selfie of the sky? Cause you let him take the picture. I saw you post. I saw you post some picture and it said selfie, but it was the sky. I was like, what? "Get it off your chest." Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Tawan, uh representing Savannah, Georgia Seaport, but I'm living out here in Atlanta. What's up, brother? Tawana, Get it off your what's chest, up, King. It's a positive energy today. So this okay. is the time I met your boy Darnell Ross. Woo, so, Darnell. I was. I was I was in the hotel, and um, so we had to do a welfare check. And so I had to go in and make sure. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like sometimes, you know, we have situations where people don't wake up. And, you know, so they ask people to come to the room and do a welfare check to make sure they can get up. (laughs) (laughs) So so we had to Tell me more. So Uh, when when you open the door, what you see? All right. Now, this is where it gets crazy. So I always get nervous because I always think, like, the person might be dead or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, I went in the door, and I'm like, you know, uh, you know, you know, wake up, call, wake up. He never woke up. So I'm like, oh, man, I hope you're not dead or anything, right? whatever. So I hear him snoring. So I'm like, all right, cool, cool. Everything's good. So I go in the room, and I turn the corner, and he's laying butt naked in the middle of the bed. So I'm like, oh, snap. So <laughs> I go, to, he, like, he was I, trying like, to tell I, you I something, King. Uh, <laughs> he was trying to tell you something, King. <laughs> he was laying on his stomach. 
Wait, uh, I got to hear the end of the story. Like in a fetal position. Oh, yeah. So, so, so I, so I kind of like go against the wall, like, oh, snap, how am I going to get this dude up? Because you got to wake him up. So At I this go, point, did you know it was Donnell Rollins? Yeah, I knew. I knew. Okay. You know, so, okay. so, so then after that, I smacked the side of the wall. I'm like, all right, bam, I start smacking the wall. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, he wakes up. He's like, oh my god! And I was like, oh shoot! I him. <laughs> so then, uh, so then after that, I'm like, all right. I was like, oh, I said, wait, 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 not a tip. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, <laughs> you know. So I, and I had experience with you, you too, Charlemagne. I had experience with you. Whoa, with whoa, like, whoa! Tell wait, me you some woke Charlemagne up naked, you also. You ain't Tell never, I ain't more. never had a wellness check in my life. Tell me some okay, more. Wait, what happened? What happened? It wasn't was a wellness check. You uh, you wanted a toothbrush. This was like 2013, 2014. Is that like a soda can in the shower in jail? Send me a toothbrush. Go ahead, brother. I'm listening. Let me hear. So this would be like before I started like checking out the whole breakfast club thing. Because I've seen Charlamagne. I heard your name before. So I didn't really know you like that. So I went to the room and I went to give you a toothbrush. But, you know, you went by your real name. So you open the door. I'm like, dang, where do I know this cat from? So I'm thinking, do I know this dude from Savannah? And then you look at me like, thank you. And then I'm like staring, like damn, maybe I know, maybe I went to Savannah State with this dude. Did you snatch the toothbrush out of my hand and slam the door in my face? Wow, you got a yeah, tight. You probably was staring at me too hard. You got a well, tight, bro. How, I see what how you did like. the How did the Donnell story end? Short chocolate man with. Oh, uh, no, it, it, it is ended with him screaming, and then I, you know, eventually you was like, okay, 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 and so then that was it. I just left, and just had a good so laugh. Saw, off. So you saw Donnell <laughs> Rollins butt naked, penis. Yelling, screaming, and was this recent? I just saw, I just saw ashy cheeks, and I just turned around the corner. At least he's true to his nickname. What year yeah. was this? Uh, this happened maybe like a year or two ago, about a year or two ago. Mm. Uh, Rollins got to mm. grow up, bro. Jesus Christ, I know, got to grow up. He was just what asleep. Is- no, he was not just asleep. What a strange guy. Yo, we should have everybody tag Donnell. I'm trying to think of a good hashtag right now because he would wake up so bad. Ashy Cheeks. Hey, I tell you. Hashtag Ashy Cheeks. Ashy Cheeks. Everybody hit, Del- hit Donnell Rollins and just put hashtag Donnell have a Twitter? Ashy Cheeks. Now, you can do it on Instagram, too, his last picture. Yeah, yeah. Go to Donnell's last picture on Instagram and hashtag Ashy Cheeks. Ashy Christ, Cheeks. Donnell. Mm-mm-mm. My God. I can't wait to talk to him. This is going to be a good... All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way? Yes, and we're going to talk about Wendy Williams. Her show is back. We'll tell you when. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So Wendy Williams' 12th season is starting September 21st. She said, I can't wait to get back to all of you and to my amazing staff and crew. I'm so excited to bring you silly, funny, glamour, and hopefully brighten your day during these crazy times that we're all living in, even if just for an hour. I miss you and can't wait to get back in my purple chair and show you what we did to the set. I love you for watching. Yeah, I feel her. I can't wait to get back in the studio either. Different kind of magic when you actually in studio, whether it's uh, your TV studio or your radio station. So you know I what? I'm, when is she going not, back? Uh, she said September 21st. I'm not that excited. I was excited at first, but see, see you got to think about it, right? We work with so many people that do so many different things that are out and about, that travel, 
And, you know, do I want to be around that? Is there a safe place to be around that? Will they let us, you know, pause, 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 slide through the back door? You know, there's so many different things. Like, I don't know if I trust it 100%. Who who traveling right now? I'm in Mexico right now. That's the only person we got to worry about right there. Now, if we keep you out the studio, <laughs> we are fine. All right? That's the only person we need to keep out the studio. Everybody else is fine. Listen, okay? I'm taking advantage of the fact that I don't have to work from, I can work from somewhere else remotely. I don't know if that'll ever happen again like that. So. Now you got other DJs in our studio. Like, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't let everybody back in. Yeah. Maybe we shut it. <laughs> shut the personalities. I'm serious. Morning shows, afternoons. Uh, Everybody else stay home. All right. Now, let's talk about The Real. Everybody's talking about Tamara Maury leaving The Real. And what's the reason for that? Some people were saying that it was a salary reduction. Well, she talked to Madame Noir and said, I'm going to say this once. I've explained it. I've been on The Real for six, seven years. I'm just ready to just try new opportunities and spend more time with my family. That's it. I am doing a Hallmark film. There's new opportunities kind of just popping up out of nowhere. And I'm just grateful, grateful, grateful. So she said, it's all positive, nothing bad. Somebody came through my DMs asking about salary stuff. It had nothing to do with that and nothing. No more explaining about that. Everyone's good. Everyone's on good terms. Life is the best that it can be right now. Yeah, why do people think that you just can't move on from a situation? Sometimes you just outgrow something or you just feel like, you know, your, your time is up there. Why can't people just walk away from something? All the energy. Right, you been there have. for six or seven years. I right. mean, yes. that's it. All right, now speaking away from an opportunity, don't mean somebody else wouldn't. Speaking of the real, let's talk about Adrienne Bylon. She said that people were coming at her because she hasn't publicly said anything on social media about Tamar and Tamar's attempt at suicide. And here's what she had to say For me, everything isn't for social media. I also think it's important to know that real life is so much more important and social media. So for me, I hold myself to a higher standard in real life. So I absolutely want to encourage people to pray for her, but in real life, that's what I'm doing. Dropping the clues, boss, for Adrian Bailon. I, I agree with her 100%. I want y'all to, I want to ask y'all something. When you post, you know, praying for such and such, make sure mm-hmm. you actually pray for the person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Ask yourself, did you actually pray for the person before you posted? Just be honest with yourself and ask yourself, do you really pray for people when you put the hashtag praying for such and such or when you put prayer hands? Make sure you're actually doing it because majority of y'all are not. Y'all just performing. Right. Yeah, and I'm with her too. I I post the least probably out of all of us on social media. I'm barely even on there. So, you know, it's really for work for me. All yeah, right. Now, when, they don't, when they don't see it on social media, it, it didn't happen or it's it not happen, real. Right. Like, shut up. Sometimes you got real relationships with people. You know what I mean? You're not having that conversation on social media. Performing. Mm-hmm. People be mad you didn't post them, like, on their birthday or, you know, oh, you didn't give me a shout-out. It's like, yeah, I spoke to you. We did something uh, together. Why do, <laughs> why do I have to post it, too? I'm not going to lie. Right. Social media birthday shout-outs do be hitting different, though. I'm not going to lie. They do be different. <laughs> They do be hitting, not gonna lie. Listen, it's nice, but it's somebody in real life. <laughs> Charlemagne gives everybody birthday shadows on Instagram. Because I love everybody. my people. Every, I be celebrating everybody. my folk. To the point where I be like, man. I be feeling sorry. I be like, damn, I don't be shouting. You know what? Let me shout out my people. Happy birthday, Cause, bro. Because people be waking up dead, man. You got to celebrate folks. I just call people and talk to them. I, I might do not the even same. Do I text them happy birthday. Charlemagne, I mean, what? 
All right, now, um, ABC News executive Barbara Fadida has been fired over racist remarks about Robin Roberts and Sonny Hostin. They did an internal investigation, and they found that she did participate in making racist and derogatory remarks at former and current staff, which included Good Morning America host Robin Roberts and Sonny Hostin from The View. So what they did say is uh, she made some comments during a 2018 salary negotiation when Robin Roberts was asking for more money. She got upset and said, what more? Could she went? It wasn't as if the network was asking her to pick cotton. And then she referred to Sunny on The View as low rent. So they wow. said she was often abusive and she spewed racist remarks. And, you know, those remarks were unearthed, where 34 sources comprised of former and current staff spoke on the record. And that's why you should get all you can out of these corporations, is because that's how a lot of those people at the top view you. That's how a lot of those people at the top see you. So don't be mad or, or, or feel like you you shouldn't be shaking shaking them down. All right? Get every coin you can. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. All right. Now, when we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about? Yeah, we are going to talk about these coronavirus briefings and what Donald Trump had to say. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? We're starting with Joe Biden. Now, he was on MSNBC's Joy Reid show on the, read, um, on the readout, and he was talking about considering his running mate, and here's what he had to say. Are you committed to naming a black woman as your vice presidential running mate? I am not committed to naming any but the people I've named, and among them there are four black women. So that decision is underway right now. Black women have supported me my entire career. You all act like all of a sudden there was an epiphany in South Carolina. I have had over a 96%, 94% rating in the state with the eighth largest black community in the United States of America, Delaware. And so they're the ones, as that old saying goes, that brought me to the dance. I have been loyal. They have been loyal to me. Good. He needs a sister now. He needs something to get people enthused in his campaign because nobody likes Biden. We just dislike Donald Trump. And it's sad when uh, over the weekend, Donald Trump got sound bites, Kanye West got sound bites, but Joe Biden has no sound bites. Get in the game, Joe. Well, Joe Biden said he will name his vice president. I'm going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden said he'll name his vice presidential pick in early August, and that's going to be before the Democratic National Convention that takes place August 17th to the 20th. I was going to ask, when do they usually make that pick? Do they usually make it a lot earlier, or do they usually make it around August? It's, it's, it's usually before the Democratic National Convention, so, so around that time. But I, I mm-hmm. saw a list of um, the, the, Californ- the California delegates put out a list of women that they wanted to be vice president, and it was um, uh, Karen Bass and Senator Nina Turner. And that was interesting. I was like, oh, Senator Nina Turner. I'll go vote twice if Senator Nina Turner's on the ticket. Drop on the clues, Bob, for Senator Nina Turner, damn it. All right, Joe Biden also put out a third pillar of his Build Back Better economic policy in a speech in Newcastle, Delaware. That happened yesterday, and he's focused on creating 3 million new jobs in the areas of caregiving and education. And also uh, that plan, you guys should take a look at it. He's talking about... a how he's going to do it and where that funding will come from as well. So uh, it has an economic part to it uh, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what hot songs he got? Okay, what fly sneakers he put out? All right? That's what Kanye wants to know. Okay. My goodness. 
Kanye say Rodney right. put out no hot songs and no fly sneakers. <laughs> but y'all want to vote for him. He never lied about that. All right, now let's talk about Donald Trump's first coronavirus briefing since April. And one thing he did was talk about wearing a mask. We're asking everybody that when you are not able to socially distance, wear a mask. Uh, whether you like the mask or not, uh, they have an impact. Yesterday you said that wearing a mask was an act of patriotism. If that is the case, why don't you do it more frequently? Well, I do actually do it when I need. I mean, I carry the mask. I have the mask right here. I carry it and I will use it gladly. We have experts that have said in the recent past that masks aren't necessarily good to wear. You know that. But now they've changed their mind. If they change their mind, that's good enough for me. So I wear it when appropriate. Trump is only doing those daily briefings because he can't have uh, rallies. That's why he's back to doing the daily briefings. But wouldn't it be dope if Donald Trump took his toupee off and wore that as a mask? Wouldn't that be fly? I don't feel like that'll keep the germs from flying out. But that's just a way to say, like, I really, I'm really committed to this face covering thing. My goodness. And it might be hard to breathe. And then he also talked about the next stimulus package. My team is also working night and day with Capitol Hill to advance the next economic relief package. We're working very hard on it. We're making a lot of progress. I also know that uh, both sides want to get it done. We'll call it phase four. I think we're going to get it done. We'll protect our workers, our schools, and our families and protect them very strongly. My administration will stop at nothing to save lives and shield the vulnerable, which is so important. Has everyone gotten those first wave of checks, though? I think, I, 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 no, I think people have. I think people have, boy. The way people been out and about, yes. They, they said the stimulus checks was popping. Some people Word? got okay. more than that first wave, if you know what I mean. All right, and he also said things will get worse before they get better. We are uh, in the process of developing a strategy that's going to be very, very powerful. We've developed them as we go along. Some areas of our country are doing very well. Others are doing less well. It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. Bruh, things been got worse. Do you mean they're going to get more worse than they've already gotten? You already passed the first, second stage of things getting worse, sir. What the hell is wrong with him? <laughs> things going to get worse. When did they get? <laughs> things been worse. We've been things reaching record highs every day. <laughs> exactly. What are you talking about? California, I think, has surpassed um, New York with the cases. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. All right, now when we come back, Ice Cube will be joining us. We'll kick it with Ice Cube when we Go come back. Go ahead and do it. Snow I know Wolf. you went to. Go ahead. I did it already. I right, we'll kick it with Ice Cube. Yay, yay! When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, Ice Cube. Yay, yay. What up, Cube? Peace, Cube. What's happening with you, man? I'm all good. How y'all feeling? We're doing hey. good. I see they mess with all your money, Q. They they messing with the big three because of COVID, the movies because of COVID. <laughs> How you holding up, yeah. brother? I'm all good. You know what I mean? I got I got enough. You know what I mean to survive. So I'm really worried about people who don't have enough. Absolutely. Right. You know, Q. I, I was sitting back thinking, okay, a creative like yourself. You know, you're probably sitting around writing scripts and, you know, writing TV shows, writing films. You said, nah, F all that. I'm going to write a contract for Black America. Yeah. You know, I thought it was important to uh, to try to put all these issues in one document. It's far from perfect, of course. You know, we're going to go out there and, and still, 
you know, find some of the people who've been experts in all these fields, who've been working on all these fields. But we needed a jump off to me. We needed something that, you know, people can rally behind from, from all walks of America and try to rally behind a document and try to get something done across the board. Because if you just do police reform, it's, it's just going to be abuses picking up in other areas. You know, we got to do not only police reform, but justice reform and prison reform. And, you know, the 13th Amendment um, is still, you know, uh, allows for slavery when it comes to being incarcerated. So these things need to to be fixed and it, it'll start, you know, solving a lot of the problems that we have in America. One thing I like with the police reform was the mandatory uh, malpractice insurance that you talked about, because that is something that when you hit people in the pockets, I think that really does make such a difference. And so for police officers, just like a lawyer or a doctor, if they uh, you know, commit malpractice, then that's something that the police department has to pay for. And I think once somebody keeps on doing things and they keep getting sued for malpractice, that is something that will make them say, okay, this person has to go. Without a doubt, you know, and it takes a lot of pressure off of all these, you know, I know the DA, you know, you want DAs to go after police, but they need police too to get on the stand and go against, you know, and testify against, you know, um, suspects or whatever. So, you know, it's a fine line and this would take some of the pressure off of them, you know, it would be a money thing. And also, why should people pay taxes for police and then you have a police abuse that power and then the, the person sues the city somebody sues the city and now here again the taxpayer has to pay again right. for the lawsuit so for cops to have to have insurance and have to have malpractice insurance stuff like that i think it would uh pinpoint blame where it needs to be and it would get you know cops who excessively have these complaints and have these lawsuits it would you know the force would kick them off the force because it would just cost too much. And I love the residency requirements, right? Which requires officers to, to, to live in the community that they're policing. Because in that case, like I always tell a story about, you know, on my block, it was a kid that had Down syndrome. And when the cops were called, if they didn't know this kid and he was wilding out, they might pull out their gun or try to tase him or try to beat him, but they didn't know that he had problems. But everybody else in the neighborhood knew that the kid had problems and, hey, call his mom, call his pops. And that would de-escalate a lot of the problems that we would have. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's always a different philosophy. You know, I think police should live in the community, or at least a, a, a large portion of them, you know, at least, you know, at least 60% of that force or more needs to live 10 miles uh, or less to that station, you know. When you got people coming 30 miles into a community, they don't really care about that community. But, you know, when there's people you know in the community, Right. people that your kids go to school with and all these type things I just think it uh it makes people care about about each other a little more now cube I have to say though uh respectfully a lot of that is NWA's fault and I'm gonna tell you why people in the community don't want to be police because y'all said the police and people in the community don't respect the police because y'all said uh, nah, a little bit nah. <laughs> nah, you can't put that on you can't put that on NWA People felt that way way before NWA. I think they need to provide financial incentive for people from the hood who choose to go into law enforcement and then live in their 
communities to police their communities. Like it should be like an extra bonus from law enforcement for people. Or, less, or taking less taxes away. May, may, I mean, uh, you know, so, so if you live in a community that you police, they take less taxes. You know, one thing I will say though, I grew up with a police officer and he told me he didn't want to work in the neighborhood where he was from or lived because it was dangerous for him. And so, you know, mm -hmm. even though he was a black man, he was like, I'm, I'm working here because I can't work here. Too many people know me and if something happens or I have to arrest somebody and everybody knows where I live, that's not safe. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's an issue, too. That's a big problem. But I, I think, you know, even if you, you know, try to find a happy medium with that, you still got to have people who associated with the community, people right. who know the community, not people who are just, who have no real feelings for the people in the community, and it's just a job. You know, and I so always I think like it's a, have to do community service. Like that should be part of the requirement where they do things that aren't interacting with people on a negative basis or because something bad is happening, but a lot more community service programs as part of their required hours. I agree. You know, I think it's uh, healthy both ways. Uh, you know, the officer, like, I, like you said, get a chance to learn the community, but, you know, also see the community in a different light. What, what, what political action are you putting behind the contract with Black America? Are, are you like who are you presenting it to? We're trying to present it to everybody. You know, we want to present it to you know people who can get behind it. First, we need support from the community. Um, you know, from our intelligent people in the community to look at the document, to uh, you know comment on it, to uh, you know um, raise questions that we didn't raise, and just make the document better. And once we got something that I think is strong enough, we're going to present it to the parties, the candidates, and we're going to see who's going to get behind it, man, and who's going to support it and make it a reality. You know, at this point, with 13% of this country, more 13.5, and we deserve 13.5% of the pie, you know, in an in a organized way. All right, we got more with Ice Cube. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking with Ice Cube. Let me ask you a question, Cube. We look at a lot of these other communities, and we were talking to, to T.I. yesterday, and I, I drove into a Jewish community yesterday, and in their community, they do things and they rely on themselves. They have their own schools to teach their own history. They have their own playgrounds. They have their own businesses and they support each other. You know, same thing with the Asian community. A lot of the Asian community have their own schools where they teach their own history and they support each other. Feels like our community is the only community that we don't have our own necessarily. We don't have our own schools. We don't teach our own history. We don't invest back into our own community. Do you think that should be the main start? Like start featuring our own and not just HBCUs. So HBCUs is too late. That's college. I'm talking about from kindergarten, preschool, elementary, you know? You know, I think it's a situation where those communities are financially stable. You know, they have financial institutions that could keep the stability there to support that. You know, we've never been financially stable as a as a community here. You know, as individuals, we get a foot up, but as a whole community, we never had the financial structures in place to do that. And even if we put them in place, there's a lot of sabotage uh, with our progress. You know, if you've seen the history of, of Tulsa and um, Jacksonville, you know, there's been uh, race riots that stopped, you know, great progress. Um, 
And I think with the contract with Black America, that stability will start being injected into the communities. Like I said, just financing. You know, all the banks in America only loan 3% of their money to Black homeowners and small businesses. You know, even in the government pensions, you know, we pay our full taxes, but they, you know, government still don't use Black uh, contractors or Black businesses. You know, VCs, venture capital investors, you know, only invest 1% of their money in Black businesses. So this would put a foothold in our community where we can start taking care of our own schools because we know they don't want to, you know, do, do too much for our schools because of our zip codes, which is a travesty. You know, it should be per student, you know, each dollar. You know, the state takes in so much money. They got so many students. D- divided up fair per student. What, what, what is neo-restriction, Q? I know you talk about that in the in the contract. Neo-reconstruction. Neo-reconstruction, I'm sorry. Neo-reconstruction. Neo-reconstruction is actually a section of it that was uh, produced by Chris Broussard and a guy named Rob Jones. When I put out a contract with Black America, a lot of people reached out to me and said, yo, we got similar things. We got things that, you know, could coincide with what you're doing or enhance what you're doing. And we're just trying to get people behind it. Um, You know, we got a couple of great people that are prominent in economics and civil rights. So we just want to build a a wide coalition of people that – that's smart, have great ideas, and that want to um, make this a better country. So it's really, you know, Chris and Rob's part of a contract of, with Black America called Geo Reconstruction, which really just breaks down numbers. You know, um, my thing is broad, you know, it's broad uh, strokes. But we really need people who've been working on this stuff for years to dive in there and and give us the real data that we need to present to the government. When it comes when it comes to police reform, Q, how do you even stay encouraged or inspired? Because y'all have been talking about the excessive force from the LAPD in the black community forever. And now all these years later, nothing has changed. How do you even stay encouraged or inspired that something could change? Well, you know, I do see the changes. You know, before we did the police police could do no wrong. Now you got police on trial. Now you had them being questioned. Now you have them being found guilty. Um, So the program has pushed. You even see things happening now with with, uh, the chokehold is being banned in a lot of cities. You know, people are rethinking policing and how police approach the community. And with all these camera phones right now and uh, social media, I think it really does help so much to bring attention to what's going on because just think back then, people didn't have that unless it was like a surveillance footage or something like that. There was no way for people to see what's going on. And not that it's perfect at all because obviously we see videos and uh, police officers are still not being held accountable, but now we can see what's happening. And so there's no way you can deny it. Yeah, no way you can deny it. So I don't understand why police still try it and still do it. Uh, and it's probably because of the qualified. You know, he just, you know, that cop who was on, or those cops who were on George Floyd, mm-hmm. he knew he wasn't going to get in trouble. 
Yep. <laughs> it's too much power for a citizen, and it needs to be reeled in a little bit. And qualified immunity is one way to reel it in real fast, because yep. everybody know, you know, don't do it because you can you can be charged. You, you threaten a cop with prison or taking away his pension, he'll think twice when he's out there in them streets. Or even his home. Like, if, if somebody gets into an accident on my property, somebody can sue me and possibly take my, my home. If he kills somebody, they should be able to take his pension, his assets, what he owns, all that. Um, you know, it's a, it's an issue that I think we just got to deal with and not be afraid of. Even them talking about the spike in crime, you know, crime was always bad. You know, rarely is it a cop there to stop somebody from getting shot. They usually there to come clean up the mess. So they're highlighting that is, oh, it's more violence because we're not there. And that's just not true. I got a few more questions for you, Cube. I want you to elaborate on racism being recognized as a public health crisis. What well, is, you know, I just think, um, you know, a racist encounter does something to your chromosomes, you know? It's like you feel it from the past. And I think it not only affects the person being abused, but the abuser. I think, you know, it's something that makes you think you're better than a person just because you was born with white skin that you didn't pick. So I just think it's to the point where it is a health crisis because people are killing each other over racism. Now, I agree with you. It's called, um, I, I, wrote, I wrote about it in my last book. It's called Epigenetic Trauma. And it's the idea that trauma can leave a chemical mark on a, on a person's genes. And they say it's, it's, it's passed down from parents to kids. They actually did a, um, a study on, on Holocaust survivors and their children. And they found like their, their, yeah. their, their genes were like the same and the children didn't go through the same conditions as the parents. So it was passed down. All right, we got more with Ice Cube. When we come back, let's get into our Ice Cube mini mix. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. That was an Ice Cube mini mix. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Still kicking it with Ice Cube. Yee. And another thing you talk about is representation, right, in the entertainment industry and reparations yes. for that as well. So I would love for you to expand on that because obviously that's something you know way more about than all of us. I think, you know, I talk about uh, Black Studios. Uh, and Black Studios is virtually all the studios who've contributed in our narrative, in, uh, in our pain, in our misrepresentation, uh, is still in our history and giving it to, you know, white people for over 100 years. You know, so I think these studios that we know to love should kick in to a studio that's ran by black people with no outside influences and whose movies and projects are owned by those black people, those black artists, those black directors and writers and people who put the project together should own the projects. And in these studios, they can license the projects, the movies or the TV shows or whatever, or they don't have to, you know, they can, we can put them on our own streaming services. But I just think, it, you know, it's a form of reparations from the entertainment industry if they all had to invest a certain amount of money into uh, the studio each year as payment for all the damage they've done to black people. Because you're not a real artist if you're not 
uh, controlling the narrative of your art. Every artist I know, every great actor or director or writer has 10 projects they can't get made because some white people don't understand what they're trying to make. And that's a shame. So we need our own place. And I know uh, we're doing it, you know, um, extremely proud of, of Tyler Perry and what he's doing, you know, but that man had to do that with his own two hands. You know, I, I, I read uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's article and, and I heard what Charles Barkley had to say. And, and since you're talking about Hollywood, you know, they said some of the things you said were anti-Semitic. What has been the response from, from some of your Hollywood connects about that? <laughs> I mean, first of all, I, I didn't say one thing. I didn't say anything. You know, they can't point out nothing I said. You know, they're clumping everybody together mm-hmm. instead of looking at everybody as an individual. We're all clumped in this wake. People think I said what Deshaun posted. People think Deshaun said what Nick Cannon said. People think Nick posted what Deshaun posted. People think Steven Jackson um, said what Deshaun said. We're all in this wake, and we're not looked at as individuals. So I just think that's unfair, you know, because I didn't say Mm -hmm. You know, none of my Jewish people called me concerned, you know, saying, Q, what happened to you? You know, everybody know that, you know, being caught in the wake of this is unfortunate, but they're going to shoot arrows at me because of the contract with Black America. Do not get it twisted. It's because I have a bigger plan. I have something that can really, you know, uh, change things financially for Black people. And a lot of these companies are what I call cookie jar companies. Cookie jar companies are companies where we caught your uh, hand in the goddamn cookie jar. And we know you've been making money off of our pain and you're gonna pay for it. And we're gonna hunt every company down that's been doing it unless you come up with a plan to uh, pay for your sins. And that's really why I'm being attacked. So, you know, they got my brother Kareem to do the article um, and, you know, Charles had his things to say. And, um, you know, I, I accept what they say. You know what I'm saying? They're they my elders. But, you know, I don't like everything they do either. So, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure we can get past it. Has this moment that we're in, we've been in the past few months, has it changed your sense of purpose? Not really. I've always been on the same tip. Mm-hmm. You know, I just always felt like I was ahead of the curve sometime, and I just need to wait for the moment. And so, you know, I I wanted to put down entertainment and pick this up. I mean, we need some generals out here. You know, I want I want to be one of those generals who um, who figuring out a plan that we can execute that has a shot to to work. As a black man who has accomplished so much, do you do you truly feel free in America? No, there's no way to feel free in America. I, I you know, you ever watch a show like? ridiculousness and, mm-hmm. and these dudes is falling and they hitting their head on yeah. they hitting their head on the concrete and their arm and you feel that shit, you're like ow you know you feel it in your bones that's how I feel when I see something happen to one of us in the street you know I feel like that can happen to me that can happen to one of my sons that can happen to my daughter that can happen to my nephews nieces my father that can happen to my mother you know what I'm saying? It's like, how the hell you gonna feel free in this country just because you got money? You know that that ain't. 
that, I mean, it's what you need, but it don't it don't bring freedom. This is my final question, Q. Um, white people seem to care about our issues now. Uh, some of America seems to care about our issues now. An urban philosopher named Doughboy once said, either they don't know, don't show, or don't give a damn about what's going on in the hood. So, so why do you think they care now, or acting like they care now? You know, be before uh, Boys in the Hood, the interaction with the cultures wasn't that, wasn't that much in that, you know, in the 80s. It was just starting to interact. And, and in the 90s, with hip-hop, it was just an a, a straight integration of cultures through the 90s and hip-hop. You know, people started to understand, hey, man, you know, I actually, I got black heroes, you know what I'm saying? I put black guys on my wall as my heroes or, 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 or female singers or, you know, female athletes. So we've just... We've known each other now. We know each other. We feel each other. We can understand each other. And it's it's a newer generation that that, that want to put the old shit behind them. It's like they got you got our generation in the middle. You got the older generation saying one thing and the newer generation saying another thing, and we're in the middle. The younger generation ready to tell grandpops, shut up. You know what I'm saying? We in the middle <laughs> and we gotta make sense of it for both sides. We gotta be like, yo, pops, it's a new day. Yo, mm -hmm. son, the new day is coming. And so they wanna be a part of the new day, you know, in a nutshell. They understand how wrong things have been and why the country feels the way it feels because of the darkness that's in the hearts of some of the people in our country. And they're ready to get past that. So that's why I feel like they're, they're just as interested in getting past this moment, getting to the other side where we're all treated, you know, fair. And... And so, you know, they down with us, you know, we, you know, like we've been down for forever. We, we're the best Americans in the world, man. You know, I mean, on this, in this country, because we yeah. take so much and we still willing to be down with it. And so, um, you know, they want to be down with that, that. That's, that's that love. That's that magic that people talk about. Gotcha. Well, Kill, we appreciate you for checking in this morning, brother. And make sure y'all check out that contract for Black America, man. It's a website or something, cute. Well, you can, you know, hit my Twitter, and you know, you can get off, get the link off my Twitter. Okay. You know, you can go to IceCube.com and get it. Um, and I appreciate y'all having me on. You know, I know we, you know, we usually talking about a project, but this right here is the most important thing that I'm on right now. And um, so I always appreciate the Breakfast Club for for letting me come on, say my piece. You know, straighten things out when things is is uh, you know, crooked. And, and uh, I appreciate y'all, man. Much love, much respect, and I uh, keep doing what y'all doing, man. The people need y'all. Thank and you. We appreciate, you. we appreciate you too. Stay safe. Yes, sir. All right, salute. Listen up. This just in. All the gossip, gossip. The rumor report. Gossip, gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee.
It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Now, just as a recap, Kanye West was in Charleston, South Carolina, where he kicked off his campaign rally, and he said Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just took them to work for other white people. Well, one person who responded is Harriet Tubman's niece, and here's what she had to say. If we were left alone, we would be in an entirely different place. And what he needs to understand, if it weren't for people like Aunt Harriet, especially her, because she was selfless, she was already free. She didn't have to come back, but she did it countless times. And if it hadn't been for people like her, he would still be on that plantation. He would not be able to be out there and saying the things he says, and he wouldn't have the money he has because they would have it all. She's right. She's like her great, she's her great, great, great niece. Yeah, she's right, though. And, you know, listen, the thing about freedom, we know as black people in America, we are never truly free in a white supremacist society, but it's like a baton race. Harriet did what she had to do in her time to liberate her people, and she passed the baton to the next generation, and the next generation passed it on, and so on and so forth. Absolutely. We've gotten closer and closer to true freedom with each generation, and we'll continue to carry on tradition until we get to true freedom. All right. Well, Tina Wyatt, that's uh, the great, great, great niece of Harriet Tubman. She was on TMZ Live. So if you want to watch that whole thing, you can see it there. Now, in other news with Kanye, he was on social media again. And he said, MJ told you about Tommy before they killed him. Kim saved my daughter's life in the name of Jesus. It's God's choice only. I will live for my children. Chris, I'm in Cody. If you're not planning another one of your children's Playboy shoots, then he said white supremacy at its highest, no cap. And he posted a screenshot of text messages uh, that he sent to Chris. This yay, you ready to talk now? Or are you still avoiding my cause? This yay, you want to talk or go to war? Then he said all positivity when the devil attacks, even if I never see my kids till they are 18, because you believe white people on God, North would never with never be exploited by the system of white supremacy. It goes on to say, come and get me, Larsa. And then he puts like a puzzled face. And he said, in Jesus' name, no more cap. And then he put Drake. Then he says, should I name more? They tried to fly in with two doctors to 5150 me. I've been trying to get divorced since Kim met with Meek at the Wardorf for prison reform. I got 200 more to go. This Jeez. is my lady tweet of the night. Chris Jong-un, little baby, my favorite rapper, but won't do a song with me. Meek is my man. It was respectful. That's my dog. Kim was out of line. I'm worth $5 billion and more than that through Christ. But y'all ain't listening to MJ and now y'all believe leave them. Chris and Kim put out a statement without my approval. That's not a, what a wife should do. White supremacy says the future president. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll repeat what gracious. I said yesterday. I'll repeat what I said yesterday in a different way. Uh, Kanye West probably needs therapy, but, but he also needs a divorce. You know, all that's real. He hates his marriage. He hates Chris Jenner. Um, and I'm glad he's getting that off his chest. I, I wish he would handle it a little different because, I mean, you do have kids and your kids are on social media. I'm sure the older kids are. You just, certain things you just want to keep to yourself and I think they should handle it within. <laughs> keep it to yourself. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. they should handle it within, yeah. not to hey, the public. Hey, Envy, hey, Envy, yeah, the Kardashians who have been putting their life on blast for the past decade or so should keep something to themselves. Sure. Yeah, but not, sure. not when you're talking about your not not when you're talking about your wife or your baby mother. Regardless, listen, if you love, hate, or whatever I, it is, there's certain listen, things you don't I, want your kids to I, see. You deal with that private. I, if if there's I, other things that you don't like, you do. But you don't want to disrespect your. I agree your, your with wife you in, in normal. I agree with you in normal circumstances. But that's the energy that family has given out all those years. So now that family is getting that energy back. They put everything else on blast. So why can't why can't it all be on blast? Cause it's gonna right, be on. The, well, don't think it's gonna be. Don't think it's not gonna be on the new season of uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. You think they're gonna let this good content go to waste? Please. Well, da- Dave Chappelle went to go visit Kanye West in Wyoming, and uh, Kanye posted this clip. 
We need some kind of some joke, something like just something to like lift our spirits. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still on my first cup of coffee. I got, all right, let me think of a good joke. Don't stop recording, so he keep giving us one. Just give us some one thing to lift our spirits, Dave. Please. A, a, a uplifting joke. Now you know I don't write them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. What, what are we gonna do then? That was good, man. That was it. Awkward. <laughs> yeah, that clip was definitely awkward. Jesus Christ. Uh, first, first, yeah. first of all, you can't tell me. The one thing comedians like, hate. Tell a joke. Tell a joke. Yeah. You tell me a joke on the spot, then when I can't come up with one, you fake industry laugh at what I'm saying. <laughs> Dave, you're so funny. And, that, and that, as an artist, Kanye should know how corny that is. Imagine people told him to rap everywhere he goes or, or rant everywhere he goes. Like, stop. Don't do that to people, man. Well, I can't, wear to, I can't wait to hear Dave stand up about this situation. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he got on that private jet, went to go see his boy. That's interesting that little baby uh, won't work with Kanye. What's interesting about protecting it? protecting his peace. Yeah, what's interesting about it? He just don't, we don't want to do it. protecting his peace. Lil Baby is protecting his peace, <laughs> man. You, I'm not mad at that. Little Baby Lil out here baby. minding his business. And by the That's way, he's right. on the cover of Rolling Stone. And we're going to get more in depth in that article in the next hour on the Rumor Report. I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Mr. Lil Sh Baby for protecting his peace at all. Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Man, before after the hour, we're going to talk about protecting your peace, man. Some of y'all need some reminders on how to keep your peace protected. It's a lot of peace disruptors out here, okay? Bro, so let's why talk are you about so aggressive? Why'd you get so aggressive all of a sudden? Jeez. I'm not aggressive. I want to protect my energy. peace. This all is right. just energy right here, okay? I give out the energy I want to receive back. Don't think just because, oh, you know, you aggressive it's a little energy. forceful that it's negative. Yeah, you know how when you're on that hill, Envy, and you know you got to switch the gears a little bit, and you got to start pumping a little bit harder when you're riding? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not angry, right? No. You're feeling good. Depends I'm how my butt feels at that yeah. moment when I'm riding up the hill. Ooh. Depends. <laughs> you gonna climb at the top of that hill, aren't you? See, what's wrong with you, man? You know <laughs> you what? Release. <laughs> donkey of the days up next is the Breakfast Club. Good morning. You get donkey of the day, yeah, you dumb ass. You get donkey of the day, yeah, you dumb ass. You are a donkey. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the Donkey of the Day. They chose you. Yeah. It's a breakfast club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Donkey of the Day for Wednesday, July 22nd goes to a 29-year-old woman in Louisiana named Jenna Lisa Lawrence. Now, Jenna Lisa Lawrence is wanted for attempted second-degree murder. Her bond is $150,000, and police believe she fled from Louisiana to Dallas because that's where she's from, or that, that's what they thought. She's actually turned herself in since then. Uh, Second-degree murder. Well, what did this young queen do to catch that charge? Well, Jenna Lisa is what I like to call a peace disruptor, an agitator of auras, the type that cannot allow a spirit to just be still. Oh, yes, we all have those kinds of people in our lives. Do you understand at 42 years old, all I want to do is protect my peace by any means necessary. My mental health diet is very important. If what I'm taking in does not nourish my mental health, I don't allow it in my space. My peace is non-negotiable. I'm not going anywhere I don't want to be. 
I'm not doing anything I don't want to do, and I'm damn sure not going to talk or be around anyone I don't want to be with. See, some people, like Jenna Lisa, just want to argue. I know the type. They enter your space and can't wait to get into a back and forth with you. Now, I love me a good debate, okay? That, but sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I don't. And that's why sometimes when people text you certain things, looking for a debate, an argument, a back and forth, whatever you want to call it, if I don't ignore it completely, I just reply back, okay, that's growth. But see, that's not enough for a peace disruptor like Jenna Lisa. No, no, no. People like that will not stop until you go back and forth with them. And as a wise man named Little Duval once told us, I'm living my best life, ain't going back and forth with you. Ain't going back and forth with you now. That ain't going back and forth part is very important. But once again, an agitator of auras like Jenna Lisa, she not having it. She won't stop until she transfers that negative energy that exists within her into you. That's the law of energy, kids. Sir Isaac Newton said it best. The law of energy is energy is never lost or destroyed, just merely transferred from one party to the next. And that's exactly what Jenna Lisa was trying to do. See, according to Action News 2 in Atlanta, Jenna Lisa was upset because her boyfriend refused to argue with her. Did you hear me? Jenna Lisa was upset because her boyfriend refused to argue with her. Jenna Lisa, do you know how many women would love to have a man who doesn't argue with them? Do you know how many women would love to have a man who didn't pick a fight about every little thing? It's some women driving to work right now, listening to Donkey of the Day, angry because their man picked a fight with them last night or first thing this morning. They was up arguing about something stupid. I promise you this quarantine has tested the strength of so many relationships, has tested the patience in so many relationships, and so many people have sat around and asked themselves repeatedly, what are we arguing about now? Because they have a significant other who absolutely, positively, always has to find something to argue about. Meanwhile, Jenna Lisa, you have a man who doesn't want to argue with you. He's probably chanting to himself spiritually disciplined brother who's trying to be the best version of himself, okay? Attempting to have heightened energy and more sensitivity towards others. Nice, compassionate Buddha chant. Just listen. Yes. Just, just protecting his space, okay? Protecting his truth, protecting his peace. And then, pow, this happens. Let's go to KSA, KSLA News 12 for the report, please. A man is fighting for his life tonight, and the woman police believe is responsible is 29-year-old Gina Alicia Lawrence. She is allegedly the estranged girlfriend of a 34-year-old man that was shot. Lawrence allegedly shot him following a dispute. She left the area in a green Honda Accord with primer on the left passenger side front door. Right now, police have a warrant charging Lawrence with attempted second-degree murder. That's right. Gina uh, Lisa shot her boyfriend simply because her boyfriend didn't want to argue with her. You see how negativity works? Do you see how negative energy works? Jenna Lisa's boyfriend didn't do anything to her. She wasn't mad at him. She was mad at herself. Whatever hurt she had inside of her, she passed on to him because that's what hurt people do, hurt people. 
healed people, healed people, hurt people, hurt other people. I respect the boyfriend because clearly he's farther along in his journey of healing than she is because she likes discomfort so much. She likes disruption so much that she was upset her boyfriend wouldn't give her back what she was trying to serve him. Oh, you just going to walk around here peaceful. You just going to be happy in my presence? What's going so good in your life that you don't want to argue with me? What is this Hakuna Matata thing you talking about? Let me tell you what that is, Lisa. It's called making a choice. And when you are protecting your peace, you have to make the choice to not allow anybody to make you angry. Don't let them disturb your peace of mind or upset you. Don't give your power away to another king or queen. You decide your mood, not them. Lisa, you tried it. And every other peace disruptor out there, I'm going to pray for you. I want you to get healing. And to all my brothers and sisters out there that are attempting to be the best versions of themselves, living their best lives, protecting their peace, I want to tell you, please, please, please protect your peace today and every day. Rise above any ignorance and don't allow someone else's misery to steal your joy. Please give Jenna Lisa Lawrence the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Thank you for that donkey of the day, Charlemagne. That's right. All right, when we come back, ask Look ye. At you. you thought about it. You was thinking about something to try to disturb my peace. I saw your little beige mind rattling. I was not. I was just teasing Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, ask ye. Call her now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on, Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? This is Stacy. Hey, Stacy. What's your question for Yee? Um, so I uh, was engaged to this guy, and um, well, I'm still engaged to him, and I went through his iPad. <laughs> And I found naked pictures of men. And- <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Was that your iPad or something, Charlamagne? Listen, <laughs> Charlamagne like- getting excited. <laughs> yeah, like he got Other discovered. <laughs> the jig is up. Was- Another one bites the dust. <laughs> Man down. <laughs> Okay, so what were these naked? What were these naked man pictures of though? Like, were they sexual? Was what was going on? Pri- yeah, it was of their private. I mean, some of them were selfies, but most of them was you know, <laughs> the private area. How do you take a penis selfie? That's you easy. Know, like, just take it. <laughs> All right, so go ahead. Yeah, so, what happened when you asked him so about these pictures of naked men? He just said that it was a phase, like it was something that he was doing because he was what? bored. So, like, I'm guessing that catfishing, catfishing the people and then, um, you know, like, they were sending him pictures, you know, like, that he's not bisexual or he's not gay. And um, I just don't know what to do from from there. You know, it's been 
five or six years. So he's never engaged in any sexual activity with a man is what he's saying? Yes. Okay. Do you believe him? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, this is what I'm saying. When you started off this conversation, you said you were engaged. And now you're saying you still, you, but you still are. But it feels to me like you saying that shows me that in your head you're already not engaged anymore. <laughs> I just don't know how to go about the situation. Like, you know, he, he's telling me that he's not gay or bisexual, but the, picture, the pictures are telling me otherwise. And it's so right. many. Like, it goes back... Like, I could go back through the pictures and it dates back to maybe right to the beginning of our relationship or even farther. Right. And, you know, listen, it might be hard for him to have this discussion with you. So, first of all, you need to let him know that it's a safe space for him to talk and that you're right. willing to listen to whatever it is that he has to say and Lies. not pass any judgment. No, it is a safe <laughs> space, though, right? And if things don't work out because, look, if you decide that, A, you're not sure right now, so to me, if you're not sure, there's, you just can't get married because marriage has to at least feel like a sure thing. Right. But I also think you should let him know, look, you can talk to me about anything. This is between us. It's confidential. And I just want you to feel comfortable enough to feel like you can do that. And then we can decide, you know, what's going to happen with us moving forward. But it'll be us deciding together. And I just want to stress, if you're not comfortable with something, don't do it. Why would right. I believe that she's going to keep it to herself when she's on the radio with you right now? She's anonymous. <laughs> Come on now. What's your what's your I, dude's I Instagram? Care about him and why the way you, that why I was you raised, try to check him out? The way that I was raised, you know, like I'm not judgmental at all. Like I feel like mm -hmm. if he was bisexual and he would have came into the relationship and was like, you know, this is who I am, then I can right. I can accept you for that. I can accept you for who you are, but five years worth of lies, I don't know if I can accept. And I just didn't know how to move forward. Like, if you're telling me that you're not bisexual or gay, how do I know that that's just not a cover-up? You know, like, you're not just right. trying to use that to make sure that we still stay together and we get married and you're having these undercover relationships. I just don't, mm -hmm. I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> and he, he just might not be comfortable with it himself because clearly he's not out if he is. And so that has to be something that he probably has to come to terms with you know, himself. And so I'm sure it's, a, it's difficult for him all around, but you can't be lying in your relationship. And now he's been discovered. So I think, you know, the thing, the only thing you can do is say, look, what bothers me the most is dishonesty. And that's why I'm asking you, let's have this conversation. I mean, he might just be curious. And what if, what if you know, that's just his version of bird watching? Like he she just, said it's a lot of pictures. Like yeah, but people look at a lot of birds. Like Shut up, man. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> gracious. That's the whole point. You go to the park, you want to see a bunch of birds. Maybe he's just, it's his version of bird watching. I don't know. Yeah, but if she's not comfortable and she doesn't believe that it's the, you know, he's being honest, that's an issue. Hey, man. Right, but only one way to find out. Lay him on his stomach <laughs> and give him that knuckle test. No. <laughs> Borrow no some of that gel Envy be using when he bike rides and give him that knuckle test. <laughs> I feel you know like you know test, too right? much. You... Um, no, tell us about sounds it. Like, How'd it feel? Sounds like you had How'd it done it <laughs> Tell us about this knuckle test, brother. <laughs> Anonymous know what the knuckle test is. Give him that knuckle test, boo. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know nothing like that. <laughs> well, you know what? DM Charlemagne and ask him about the, the knuckle yeah. test. And good luck, He's mama. at doo-doo law. He can come do it for you. <laughs> He's a doo-doo law. <laughs> <laughs> Toodle love. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, man. My goodness. All right. Ask ye 800-585-1051. If you have questions or you need a doodle, I'll hit her up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now it's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hello, this is James. Hey, what's up, bro? What's your question for Yee? Yeah, so my question is that um, I'm currently uh, a realtor. I've been furloughed off my uh, from my previous job before the pen, mm-hmm. uh, when the pandemic started. And uh, I love what I do as a realtor. They called me to go back to work, so I don't know if I should uh, go back to work. <laughs> I mean, it seems like you're loving what you do now. So do you want to go back to that job? Uh, no, I don't. Well, there's your answer. Now you can focus full-time on doing something that you enjoy. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> that was the easiest right. as ye ever. <laughs> Let's go to another caller. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Camilla. Hey, Camilla, what's your question for ye? Uh, my question is, School is starting next month, and I have a six-year-old who will be going to first grade. Um, they gave us the option to um, let our child go to school or not, but we have to let them know in the next week. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just wondering if you guys' perspective on it, because I'm honestly terrified. But my son wants to go to school because he's the only child, and we also was involved in a car accident last year. So... He didn't get a chance to really fulfill his entire school year. So um, I just don't know what to do. I also have to work. So it's like I I don't know what to do. But what, what is you guys' um, I don't know, opinion on it? You know, that's hard for us to tell you what you should do with your child because that's your child. So I think, you know, your instinct should tell you. I get it, though, because it's difficult. And somebody uh, sent me a message about this, and I was reading an article about this, about uh, people who have to go to work. They have kids who are in school, but financially they need to go to work, and then they don't have anybody to take care of their child while they're going to work. So if you didn't send your child to school, what would you be? what would happen? Like, what? how would everything uh, play out? I honestly don't. Right now, I, if I didn't, I would be, uh, we would do remote learning at home. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I would just be praying on making sure everything else worked. Um, I mean, I do know God provides, so I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. Um, as far as other kids' interaction, and I, I don't know. But I think you guys, I, I know it's kind of like a, Whatever I want to do thing, but I just, the place that we are in now as a world, it's so confusing, I think. So I, I, I know. I really and you hear so many, you hear so many different things. I think it is important to do your own research. You know, one reason with the schools reopening, they're saying that kids very often don't end up, you know, getting, uh, as sick as most people do because their immune systems are stronger. But then, you know, there's always a chance that that could happen. And so what yeah. I would do, be if, if I were you, just because you said you have to let them know within a week, I would say yes. And then if you change your mind, you can always change your mind. And things are changing, you know, I think daily. 
So at least you have a spot if you tell them yes. I want, and then if you decide not to do it, you can always change your mind. And I think weigh out the pros and cons. Do your research. See what's happening. See what, what's happening in other countries as they're reopening and going back to school. What's, what's happening in other cities. And weigh out your options. I think this is a great time to write it down, too. Write down the list of pros and cons. And... I think with your motherly instinct, come to a decision on what you want to do when it's time for you to make that final decision. You know, things are changing daily. So if you feel like the numbers are too high, if you feel like there's uh, too many children being infected, if you see some spikes in cases and you're not comfortable with it, then you have to go with that. I think safety is always first. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. All right. No problem. I know. And that's something that a lot of people are dealing with right now. Yes, ma'am. It's and, definitely scary. It's scary, mm-hmm. but um, it helps, and I appreciate you giving me a different perspective to look on, so thank you so much. Okay, All no right. problem. Good luck. Ask Ye, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you could hit Ye now. Now we got rumors on the way. And before that, what did what did you guys decide to do about schools reopening with the kids? I'm just curious. Um, we still got. Yeah. I still have a little time. Um, I was gonna. I'm not putting my kids in camp, but like I said, we have another uh, month and a half, so two months. So I still have a little time. I don't think I'm gonna put the little ones in school. Uh, Madison will attend college this year, um, but I don't know what I'm gonna do with the little ones as of yet. I still haven't decided, but my 12 year old told me yesterday that she doesn't want to go back because she doesn't feel safe. So you know, I think she's at well, that age right now. Where yep. I got. I, I got to trust my daughter's. My daughter's instincts. You know, so we're going to figure that out. But she says she don't want to go, so I'm leaning towards not letting her go. So I guess that'll okay. be homeschool or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, rumors coming up. J. Cole is dropping some new music, and we'll tell you what he had to say. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor. Well, Nick Cannon sat down with Rabbi Abraham Cooper, and they did an extended interview for his podcast, Cannon's Class. And this is all because of the anti-Semitic comments that Nick Cannon made, and that's why he lost his relationship with Viacom CBS. Well, one thing that the rabbi started off with was telling him why what he said was problematic. These themes, Rothschild, all the conspiracies and stuff, it's pure Farrakhan. And I understand exactly that for many people in the black community, when they hear Farrakhan, they think of Million Man March. They think about black empowerment. Leadership. They think about one of the greatest orators in America, which is true. What we think about uh, Farrakhan is a person who has invested a lot of his energies in the hatred of the Jewish people. Now, another thing Nick Cannon talked about was what the rabbi gave him after that interview. Uh, And you sent me nine pages, I believe it was, of, you know, some pretty harsh and and hateful terminology. And I was like, I could never condone any of that. But even in that, I could send you nine pages. I could send you 90 pages of wonderful things from my perception, from what I was taught. That's the only man I know who has ever peacefully brought together a million black men at once. For atonement. Now, Nick Cannon talked about atonement. And when we speak of atonement, yes, this is what we're here for. When, yes. If you know the definition of atonement, to, to right the wrongs of, or, or for anyone that you may have upset or hurt. And and I feel like this is an atonement moment. But then I had to go in because I'm not, 
here to protect anyone else or, or only have this conversation. I'm not even here to protect my name. I don't care. Cancel me 10 more times. You know what I mean? I, I don't care about money. I don't care. I am really care about who I am truly. And knowing that if I hurt someone, I have to correct that. And he also said that he really realized what he said when he read up on history. I just had an opportunity of reading this book, the How to Fight Anti-Semitism by Barry Weiss. As I was reading through it, it's something that stuck out that kind of corrected me, and, and it, I felt it in my spirit. And I think it was something where it says, anti-Semitism uh, is fueled through hate, but often, like I think it was like, the good intentions uh, or the, the misintentions of the good is what perpetuates it. Right. And then I was like, wow, that's that's me. Yeah, I listened to that whole uh, convo yesterday. Um, I, I think Nick gravitates to whoever is in front of him. So whatever you're on, he's going to be on. So whatever Professor Griff was on, he was on. Whatever Rabbi Cooper was on, you know, Nick was on. And when someone moves like that, it's hard to tell what they're really on. But I do believe Nick is someone who... You know, just genuinely wants to please everybody, but that will never work. You'll, you will never be happy trying to figure it out too. Please, you will never be happy trying to please everybody. So, so don't try to please everyone. Just don't hurt them. You know, but it was it's a very educational conversation. Everyone, everyone should go listen to it. And it's a part of me that does want to see someone like a Rabbi Cooper sit down with a Minister Farrakhan because I feel they could have a civil discussion about their differences, but not if you know, uh, one side is convinced or both sides are convinced. Like, like, you know how you can approach a conversation and just feel like, you know what the other side is about. If you're already convinced mm -hmm. about a person and you just showing up to prove someone is a liar, that's not going to work. You got to have a civil conversation. You tell your truth. That person tells their truth and we see which one holds up. I don't see what the benefit of that conversation would be, but it would be entertaining and educational for sure. And I do wish that conversation between Rabbi Cooper and Nick Cannon would have happened without the current circumstances, because I think it would have been a better conversation because Nick spent a lot of time defending himself, which just came off awkward, you know? All right, well, let's talk about Little Baby. He's on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, and he's talking about a lot of different things. Coach K's in the article talking about how he saw something in Baby when he was 17 years old that he hadn't seen in himself yet. He said, I remember one day we were standing outside the studio. I'll never forget this. He had on all white. And I was like, baby, man, why don't you rap? You got the swag. You got the lingo. You get respect around the city from the east side to the west side to the south side. Why don't you rap? And he basically told him, you know, coach, I'm a street guy. And that's why he didn't want to do it. But, you know, after going to jail and realizing he didn't want to be there anymore, and going into the studio, as you know, we had little baby on the show pretty early on in his career. Also, it's only been what less than five years now since mm -hmm. little baby's come out with his first music. Yeah, I remember when and baby? Yeah, yeah I remember when he first mm -hmm. came on the show and he said, "I'm gonna try this for a year, and if this don't work, I'm out of here." Yeah, yeah, he I wasn't remember, fully in yet. I remember P calling me to try to convince me to have little baby on because you know little baby was brand new. He was like, yeah, I'm telling you, this is gonna be the guy, yada yada yada. I'm like, all right, sure, why not? I trust you. Can remember P even was in the interview mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. That's right. All right. Well, they also talk about the song, The Bigger Picture. And he said it's not a protest song. He said, I just rap about my life. All my songs are basically about me. It was at a point where I felt I needed to say something. He said, The Bigger Picture isn't a radical gesture. It's just, you know, his sheer existence. So that song has been streamed over 100 million times. And it's an amazing song. It's something that he like he needed to do and it is his life and one thing that he talked about and i saw this really got front page news everywhere he says that black people are racist too 
And he said, racist means to be just to your race. And, you know, the writer tried to explain, well, the thing about racism, you would have to have some type of power. And Baby said to me, a racist is someone who treats a different race than theirs a different way than they would treat theirs. I feel like if you're a black person and you treat all black people one way and all white people one way, you're racist. I'm not a racist, so I give a white person a chance to talk and actually get into it before I can say I don't like you or not. And I don't feel the same way about a black person. You ain't going to be my buddy just because you're black, just straight up. So... Uh, black people can't be racist. Um, I don't hate white people. I hate white supremacy. And, you know, I could never be bigoted towards a white person. But what I do hate is this white supremacist system. I hate, you know, uh, systemic racism. I hate the fact that, you know, I don't have true freedom because of the color of my skin. That's what I hate, you know. So I per oh, I'm not racist towards white people. That's, that's impossible. I can't systemically do anything to keep a white person down. I can't marginalize a, a, a white person, but they can do that to me all day, every day. Whether but can it's a black person be racist towards other, not just white people? Can they be racist towards Asian people? Can Another they be racist towards, you know, yeah, you can. They can. Um, I think you probably can be bigoted towards them, but I think that our, I'm, I'm thinking about black and white. Our issues with white people have nothing to do with the color of their skin. It's to do with the way this white supremacist system has treated us. <laughs> like, like we have every right to be upset and every right to be angry at white people. But what reason does white do white people have to be mad at us? All right, now let's get into J. Cole, because I want to get through all of this. He's uh, putting out some new music, and that should be out today. The Climb Back, he's posted, produced by me, Lion King on Ice, produced by J. Cole, team from the fall off, dropping tomorrow night. He put this yesterday, 10 p.m. No date for the album yet. Taking my time, still finishing. So I know you guys are excited. And he also did a piece for a Players Tribune. He talks about a lot of things. I highly recommend that you guys read it. He talked about losing his passion for a period of time uh, when it came to rapping. And he said he had time to waste for the first time since college after finishing his 2014 Forest Hills Drive campaign. And he said that time relaxing also left him feeling less passionate about being an MC. But fortunately, he did find his passion again. He talked about having two sons. Uh, yeah, he just he discussed never reading his Rock Nation contract, you know, as well. So wow. you can read that whole article on the Players Tribune. It's called The Audacity. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, uh, shout to Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Get your request in right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. So tonight it goes down on versus DMX versus Snoop. Mm hmm. Eight o'clock tonight. You, you have Snoop Dogg. First of all, I just don't um, like. I, I don't like your term wash. I just don't like that word. Well, they need to stop with these matchups. Some of these matchups are washes. You know, what I mean, I love DMX. Not like DMX is a DMX is a legend. He's an icon. I'm sure it's gonna be very entertaining. He's gonna say a lot of prayers tonight. You know what I mean? Before certain records, or he'll probably say a prayer before the whole thing starts, which is great. But we're talking about music, and when you talk about 20 songs versus 20 songs, Snoop Dogg has weapons of mass destruction. Okay, gin and juice. Nothing, because this is what you feel, fail to realize you're up against. Two chronic albums, Doggy Style, Records with Tupac, No Limit, and just those loose single hits that Snoop be throwing out there. So you got to deal with Gin and Juice, nothing but a G thing, Dre Day, Deep Cover, the next episode, 
Drop it like it's hot. Down for my hitters, which is a sleeper, because people forget that Snoop Dogg song. Beautiful. Two of America's Most Wanted with Tupac. What's my mother effing name? Life of the party. Ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. Murder was the case. Like, come on, man. Come on, guys. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, man. but you can't say wash. Like, stop, DMX ain't stop. got records, though, now. I didn't like, say he don't have records. I'm just saying it, it, it's levels the records, sir. We're talking about classic are, institutional records. It's levels the records. levels. Yeah, it's also DMX strategy. Has... Let's see what type of strategy happens. It's with definitely this strategy. Yeah. Cause listen, you got get at me, dog. Like, Stop being greedy. Rough Riders anthem. Uh, How it's going down. You got records. slipping. No love for me. What's my name? Party up. You got uh, who we be. Envy. We got X gonna Great give it records. to you. We got so many different records. And I didn't even talk about okay. the, the other record. Right. He was on 4321. Okay. He was on Money, Power, Respect. He was on uh, Money, Cash, Holes. He was on uh, The Joint the with Aaliyah. Did you hear the features I just named? Did you hear the Snoop Dogg features I just named? The next episode? Deep cover, right. Dre Day, nothing but a G thing. Those are four, two of America's most wanted. Those are Snoop's features. That's Pac and Dr. Dre. Like, stop, man. Why do we do 24 this? 24 Hours to Live. We got uh, Murder Gram. We, we got a, he got a lot of records, too, man. Just, just don't say wash. Bro, it's going to be I don't bad. like your wash. I love DMX. I love DMX, but come on. This is a bad matchup. It's not a good matchup. You know, it's just not a good matchup. Like, stop. Well, this I can't wait Snoop to see dog, what's, what's about to happen. And think about the little Lucy's that like 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 I wanna rock right now and uh life for the party with Mr. Though. Fab. I'm the life for the party. What uh uh I uh um Young Wild and Free with Wiz Khalifa. Like man, it's a lot. Snoop got a lot, bro. A lot, a lot. Now the only way Snoop could lose this battle if is he if he gets in his Snoop Lion bag or his Snoop Gospel album bag. Snoop got a lot of music, but if he picks the right twenty, it's not even close. It's 20, and they got to go 20 for 20. So we'll see. Just don't say wash, man. But when we come back, positive note. We're talking about Snoop Doggy Dog. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Fat Joe said it the best. Fat Joe said Snoop Dogg got records that go like, I wish you a Merry Christmas. Like, they're they're that big around the world. Like, come on, man. And I love X, but come on. Stop. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to Ice Cube for joining us this morning. Yes, appreciate Ice Cube, man. Make sure you go check out that contract to Black America that uh, Cube put out. I think it's on IceCube.com, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got a positive note, Charlemagne? I do. I just want to say all is well in my world, okay? Everything is working out for my highest good. Out of this situation, only good will come. I am safe. I want you to repeat that affirmation to yourself today in order to have a great day Every day. Breakfast club, bitches. Y'all finished or y'all done?